Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Black Girls Have Anxiety 2, the safe space created for Black women by Black women to strip away the taboo of talking about mental health. You'll hear from mental health professionals and advocates as well as Black women sharing their experiences as we break down the complexities, explore ways to heal, and support each other. My name is Ashley, I'm your host. Whether you're a seasoned regular or this is your first time tuning in, thank you so much for your support. Now let's get into today's episode. Welcome back to the pod. I am so excited that I get a chance to share another really great conversation with you guys today. Um, Before we kind of jump in to a guest who some of you might recognize, um, I wanted to do kind of another check-in, another anxiety check-in. And this time, I kind of want to do a body check-in, which is kind of fitting for the episode since we are going to be talking Uh, about somatic healing in this particular episode. Um, I got really good feedback around the first episode that we did about somatic healing a while ago. So yeah, I figured why not dive a little bit deeper, but I wanted to do a check-in with you and see like, how are you feeling today? Are you feeling anxious? How anxious on a level from one to 10? I know for myself, Honestly, today I'm at like a three. Like today's a good day. So I'm I'm grateful that today is a good day um, because that's not always the case. But I want you to think about where you're feeling, how you're feeling today uh, on your level of anxiety. And I want you to think about if the anxiety is coming from something that is warranted. Maybe you have like a big exam tomorrow or maybe you have a big presentation at your job or maybe you know that you've got to work really long hours tomorrow night or maybe your kid is having trouble in school and you're just like really anxious about them going back to school the next morning and you possibly getting another phone call so um try and try to think about what is maybe causing the anxiety and if you're like me sometimes nothing is causing it it's just up for no reason um and that is okay I want you to not only think about where your anxiety ranks from one to 10, but also where is your anxiety living within your body in this moment? And for me, uh, even though my anxiety is pretty low, like a three today, um, it is that all that three, that full three level three of anxiety is in my neck and shoulders. Um, And I know for me, that is a sign of two things. Usually when I start to feel like neck and shoulder pain um, that feel like this, um, I usually know, number one, I need to go back to the chiropractor. Um, Seeing a chiropractor has helped tremendously when it comes to like once I identified with my therapist that I had um, an anxiety disorder, but also... um, just going back, I really like going to the chiropractor. I did it. I used a chiropractor. I went to a chiropractor in college and I found it to be really helpful. And when my anxiety gets really high, everything tends to get tight in my body. My shoulders get really tight. My neck gets really tight. Um, at its worst, I get all this tension in my jaw. Um, for a while, I thought maybe, do I have TMJ? 
Uh, I do not. It's just a lot of tension. Like even in my face, sometimes I feel a lot of built up tension of just like teeth clenching. Um, sometimes my fists will clench and I don't even realize it. Sometimes I'm holding my stomach in, which means I'm only like breathing into my chest and not my belly. Anyways, just different ways that I can kind of read my body or listen to my body in terms of where is the anxiety sitting? Where is the tension sitting? So I'm asking you to do the same thing in terms of like, where is your anxiety sitting? Where is it living within you, your body right now? Is it in your back? It is, in, is it in your chest? Is it shoulder pain? Is it tightness in your neck? Are your feet tight? I know that's a weird question to ask, but my feet get tight sometimes. And sometimes I got to roll them out on a little tennis ball, a little acupressure ball. Um, but try to figure out where it is. I mean, if you can, if you're not driving or doing anything that warrants you needing to like have your hands free, I want you to like touch your body in terms of like touch your forehead, touch the back of your head if that's where the tension feels like it's at. Touch your shoulder if that's where it feels like it's at. Um, just to get, uh, just to acknowledge to your body that, hey, I recognize that I'm anxious. I feel it. I'm not ignoring it. Um, because stress can cause a lot of tension. Of course, anxiety can cause a lot of tension. Um, and so that contraction of your muscles is, um, it's, a, it's like an automatic reaction that's, that your body is giving. It's a, it's a sign essentially from your body. Um, that's putting your body into the state that it would be in, um, if it's a fight or flight response. So if you were in danger, it would be really good for your body to kind of tense up and be ready for action. But when there is no danger, when, when there's no doom actually happening and your body is having that same reaction, um, you got to try to figure out how can I release some of this tension? So for me, like I mentioned before, I uh, go to a chiropractor. I haven't seen my chiropractor in a couple months. Um, I am going back this week because I was seeing him like once every couple of weeks, but when it out at its worst, I was seeing him two times a week. Um, so that really helped me I'm not telling anybody to go do it because it's not a comfortable experience for everyone. I find it re relaxing, but you know, I'm me, so <laughs> I'm a little different, but uh, if you've been to a chiropractor and you found it helpful, um, it's always something that. Uh, you can think about adding to your toolbox. The second thing that I wanted to share just in terms of what helps my body from being when it's feeling really tight, especially my neck and shoulders. I know that because I work a sedentary job where I'm either sitting or standing most of the day at a computer, uh, I don't get, uh, I'm, I'm always trying to get more movement in my day, but for the most part, I spend a lot of my day sitting or standing. And being hunched over, as much as I try not to be hunched over, but being hunched over and typing at a keyboard um, can make for some really, a lot of tightness um, in my body. And so one way that I can kind of combat that tightness is for me, weightlifting. Now, I'm not telling everybody to go out and go weightlifting. I'm saying this is what works for me. And when I realize that I have a lot of this tension. Um, I like to go to the gym and do like chest opening exercises. 
I like to do flies. I like to do stuff where I'm really like spreading my arms out. I'm really getting a chance to like extend my arms, extend my legs, get into these positions um, and strengthening my body in these positions where I don't get to get into throughout the day because I'm kind of stuck in a very tight position where I'm like typing all day. So, you know, if you may not be at a computer all day, maybe you are standing or maybe you're walking a lot throughout the day. Um, maybe you are doing like heavy lifting throughout the day. Maybe you have like small children that need to be picked up often. Maybe you're a nurse and you're picking people up often. So I want to give you a couple ways that you could kind of help some of that tension specifically in your neck because that's a big one for me. My neck gets super tight, but here are some suggestions. Um, pulling this from an article from Healthline, so y'all know I'm, y'all already know I'm going to put it in the link in the description. But there are a couple things you can do to ease some of that tension. Um, you can apply a warm compress to the tight area. Um, so sometimes for me, um, you ever like get some of those sand, sand bag like cloth sandbags that you can heat up in the microwave. Um, I got mine off of Amazon, um, but um, that can help kind of loosen it, put that in the microwave based on what the directions tell you and, <laughs> um, you know, putting that, putting a warm compress that's not too hot, um, onto the part of your neck that's tight and just kind of leaving it there for, you know, 10 minutes, taking it off, seeing how you feel that can really help. Um, sometimes doing a self massage, like just, just like literally rubbing your neck out um, and moving your neck around, like give your second, give yourself a 30 second neck massage. Um, if you are lucky enough to have somebody be able to help you out with that, good on you. Um, if you're like me, I go and get a massage because that, that also helps. But if that is not, if you do not have time for that today in this moment, you can always just give yourself a massage on the neck and, um, just move some of that tension around. Now, uh, fun fact, I feel like during peak anxiety for me, my mom bought me this neck massager. Maybe I should make a video about it. Um, she bought me this neck massager that like you stick your hands through the bottom of it and it pulls the neck, it pulls the neck massager so that it's kind of tight on your neck. So when my anxiety gets really bad or my shoulders are just really tight because I'm stressed, I use that. Um, another thing that helps a lot take a bath, like take a nice steamy hot bath, turn the lights out, light a candle. If you don't have time for all that, you don't have to do all that either. Um, if you have essential oils and you like that vibe, do that. Or just like use your favorite body wash um, and just soak. Like I also like to throw in some Epsom salt, Epsom salt in like a little eucalyptus, a little bit of lavender for me. Um, it just is very calming. And then I also grab a good book. So that's an option in terms of just relieving some tension. If you're like me and you work at a computer a lot, even if it's just for half of your day, um, like look into making sure that the place that you work at, whether it's at a computer, whether you're standing, sitting, whatever, try to make it ergonomic. Mm, I should probably do some content around ergonomic, <laughs> um, workspaces, but, um, I invested in a 
in a standing desk last last year, an electric standing desk. And um, I have a chair, a couple different chairs. Um, I used to have a bouncy ball that I used to sit on and it popped in a meeting. That's a story for another day. But um, adjusting, even just like, I'm not saying to go spend all this money adjusting your whole workstation, but even if it's just lifting the screen that you're looking at, even if it's lifting your lap- laptop, even if you're on your phone all the time and you lift your phone up, maybe just a little bit higher, maybe set it on something so you're not constantly holding your sh- your, your arm up, um, that can kind of give your muscles a little bit of a break. Um, trying to get your computer so that it's at eye level, so your neck isn't straining because y'all, our heads are heavy. I mean, I have a big head, big forehead, big head, big head energy over here. So I have to be really mindful of my process of my um, my posture because if my head is out of alignment for too long, my body's like, sis, your head is too big to be leaning that far forward for that long. So <laughs> trying to make sure that the places that you're working at um, or your computer, if you're studying, um, trying to like raise it up, raise your laptop up a little bit, put it under some, put it on top of some books or something. Um, just to, and see, see how it works. See if you need to adjust it some more or see if it makes a difference and, and helps. Um, the other thing is like, if you are stuck either studying or working, uh, or you're stuck in any position, like when you're working, when, if you're stuck in a particular position for a long period of time, get up and move. Like, even if you stand up and kind of like do the PE, like twist at the hips, wave your arms, you know, do the circle arms uh, forwards, backwards, if you're capable, like ask your doctor if you're even questioning if you're able to do this, but like move your legs around, you know, just move your shoulders, roll your shoulders back, roll them up to your ears and drop them, roll them back, then roll them forward, take some deep breaths. And then my last, um, suggestion is getting a good pillow because my stubborn self, just got good pillows at the end of 2023. It's embarrassing. I should have spent money on that versus some of the stuff I've been buying. <laughs> but get a good pillow that is comfortable for your neck. Um, try to get one that like fits with how you're sleeping. I get mine. I get mine from Ross. I'm not bougie. I actually got one from Target that was like 15 bucks, and it's really really good. Like I said, my head is heavy, so if it's still fluffed up by now, like it's a good pillow. So those are my tips. Um, Let me know if you try them, if they've helped. Let me know if I didn't name anything, but something that you do actually does help tension in your neck or your shoulders or anywhere else in your body. Let me know what you do. I'm curious because, yeah, why, why gatekeep? Let's just share so we can all start feeling better and feeling less anxious. So Rebecca Nunez, she's back, y'all. Um, Love her energy. I love what she brings to the body movement space. Um, I I started following her a while ago um, on Instagram and I love her content. I've saved so much, so many of her videos um, to my little workout collection on Instagram. But um, if you guys remember, Rebecca was on the pod a while back. So make sure you guys scroll back. We had another great episode where we got a little bit into somatic healing um, and her journey. And I'm super excited to bring her back. Um, she is the owner of Trust Your Body. 
She has years of experience as a body worker and a coach. Uh, she's been a dancer for over 20 years. Um, she is also a pole instructor. So y'all know I dibble and dabble in pole as well. Um, I haven't done pole in a while, but I'm going to get back into it because I love it. Like that is, oof, I love doing pole. Maybe I'll do an episode about that. Anyways, um, Rebecca. So you may know her as Bend with Rebecca on IG or on the Tiki Talks. She does a lot of great content um, around somatic healing and just being in touch with your body, moving your body in ways that promote healing, um, talking about trauma that can be stored in the body. Um, She just is doing really great work in her community. Um, She's also amazing in person. Like I don't get to meet people um, that I interview uh, often in person, but we had a time back in back last year, late last year. Um, if y'all know Chid from the But What Do I Know Now podcast, we did a little trip. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about our, our NY trip, our New York trip. And um, yeah, just we may or may not have been out and about in on, on the, the day before the prog or the night before the podcast brunch. But we had a good time. So we're going to get into that. Give y'all, um, you know, a little insight into what we did in New York. And um, yeah, I'm super excited to share this conversation with you. I'm rambling. I know I'm rambling. So let's go ahead and jump into this episode. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Black Girls Have Anxiety 2. All right, y'all. We have um, a guest. I mean, we have a repeat guest and um, (laughs) her name is Rebecca. A couple of y'all have reached out and been like, I love Rebecca's episode. So Rebecca Nunez, she's back. Um, Welcome back to the podcast. Yes. Thank you so much for having me again. It is a pleasure. Yes, y'all. I've been spoiled. I got to actually hang out with Rebecca in New York. Um, I had so much fun. Like, it was a good we time. Had a good we did a we did a you had a good you had a good New York experience really coming did. up here from the party to the brunch and that was a really cute brunch spot by the Thank way you. very very cute yes drinks I will never have drinks yes, so like, they were so cute right that was part of the reason why we picked that spot yeah it was, um, was really nice. so for those of y'all that maybe don't follow me on Instagram which you should um, y'all probably saw some content where. Um, Chid, who is the host of the But What Do I Know Now podcast, Chid and I met up in New York and organized, we got together women that we have been in touch with, have either interviewed or we're going to interview other women that are also creating mm-hmm. content, um, creating um, podcasts, um, doing all the things. And we got a really intimate group of like black creators together. We organized this cute brunch um at this mm-hmm. place and i'm blanking on the place but it's on instagram um but the drinks were super like a, cute i can't remember the name yeah. do you remember the name i don't i, I it's like a one name thing like Josephine yeah or something yeah. like that it's not that, it's not just it's not that <laughs> it's like it's not it is but it's something like that like anyways it's on instagram but it was we invited <laughs> rebecca of course um I've been in, I mean, I've been following Rebecca for a minute and we've been in touch. Obviously y'all heard y'all, if you haven't heard our episode, scroll back a little bit um, and listen to our first episode together, which is just really, really great. Um, But that brunch 
just like filled my soul. Yes, it filled mine too. It was just such good energy, good vibes. And, you know, when you just come into contact with other people who are in a, not necessarily in alignment with the exact same goals that you have, but just in alignment with trying to make an impact and make a difference in their own way, fill a gap that they see, it's just nice to have and connect with those kinds of people. So it was great for me. I really enjoyed it and I appreciate you inviting yes, me. Yes, I'm so glad that you came. Um, I'm glad that more connections were made. Um, that was really, really cool. And on a side note, Rebecca also loves house. Like I love house. Um, <laughs> I feel like not many people, I mean, maybe, maybe I just don't know where we are, but I feel like not a lot of black people are into house and I was so hyped. So she knew I was coming in on like a Saturday and I came in a little bit, uh, before mm -hmm. Chid, I came in in the morning. And so she was like, by the way. Do you want to come out with me on Saturday? And I was like, okay, yeah, sure. And she sent me the link. Yeah. And it was like an Afro house like party. Shout out to the descendants. I believe it was the descendants yeah. party. Descendants. But it yeah. was a vibe. It was amazing. Yes. It's amazing. Their their next party is next Friday. It's another day party oh. at the same spot. So I'm so excited to go. But yeah, descendants is just if there's I don't really like to like go out and like bar hop and things like that's not my thing anymore. But like, give me a nice little Descendants vibe, some Afro house, some beads, some dance. Yes. You can get me outside oh with that. Oh my gosh! So it was great. And I'm so it was so much fun to watch you experience it and just because when you bring someone to Descendants for the first time, they're like, oh wow, oh wow, this is really yes. oh wow, like. <laughs> Even though you got caught up with um our friend, not our friend. Uh, oh man, not our friend, not our, our friend, not our friend. Uh, yeah, yeah. Homegirl was was um she was having a, a time in her own world. A time. She wanted me to be a part of it. She wanted uh she wanted your friend to be a part of, of it. She wanted the guy standing next to me to be. A, she wanted she wanted a lot of things that night. <laughs> In all, fairness, in all fairness, it was my fault because I allowed her to buy me a drink. But she approached me the moment I walked in and was not taking no for an answer. So I don't know. But next time, the answer is, is going to be no. So, if anybody offers you a drink at Descendants, tell them no. I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh. I don't know if I want to no, name, name drop. But, but. but <laughs> just, just know if your if your gut sense tells you. Say no. Say no, even if you stand in there. Goodbye. Yes. But it was a really, really good time. Um, we danced for like a couple hours, and like I love, I love house music. I just started listening to Afro house. Like my 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 close friend Kiki introduced me to Black Coffee earlier this year, and since then I've just been in like oh, a rabbit hole yeah. of like Afro house and I'm a piano and oh. all the things like. I'm kind of over, <clears throat> I was telling my husband the other day, I'm like, I think I'm kind of over hip hop, like rap, like, like new stuff. Like I, am I that old person? That's like, <laughs> like I, can't. I, I love J. Cole. I love Kendrick, like West Side Boogie. I still have like people that I go and listen to, but they're not the same people that are like mainstreamy. Yes. 
I'm not a I'm not a mainstream girly anymore and it's funny because like the gym that I train at it's an all women's gym and a lot of the time they'll listen to like you know like the hot girl summer music like the whole act bad phenomenon that's going mm -hmm. on and it's just like I I'm I feel like my mother like I listen to the first 30 seconds and I'm like oh this is what you guys are listening to but it's it's so much it's just so much more intense and just so much more vulgar and it's just I don't know it's not really really crafty crafty anymore. I think that's it's what's like missing it. for me is like I don't know if the the vulgarity of it makes me wince as much as as, as much as I'm like damn you couldn't even be creative about it like you couldn't even like make it rhyme instead of like I just I just I feel so dated but I feel so blessed to grow up in like a time where like I'm a 90s baby so I got the yes. 90s stuff but I also got the 2000s mm -hmm. like the goodness like the lyricism the creative videos mm -hmm. the Missy Elliott's of mm -hmm. like you know I'm gonna do something yeah. a little weird but I'm gonna make it rhyme Missy Elliott literally played yeah. the verse backwards for us and we were like whoa what the hell like it's your skimmer dipping <laughs> I mean, the creativity for me is just like, it's just lazy. Can I, I'm going to say it's yeah. lazy nowadays. But it's really, in today's society, everything is so like instant gratification and like, what's going to be the quickest thing? How can we make this into the, the most viral reel, yeah. these three seconds? What's going to be the most catchy, the most grabbing? And it's like, yeah. I don't know, it's an interesting time. So I wonder what music is going to turn into in the next 10 years, 20 years. Like, what is it going to be? I'm really going to be upset. <laughs> you know, but I'll be at the Descendants parties okay. while that's We will going still on. be at the Descendants so, parties having a, a time. Exactly. I, I think that we're going to hit a point, because even the songs are shorter. I listened to a song the other day as a minute and 48 seconds. What are you getting done in a minute and 48 seconds? Like, I'm waiting for four like, minutes, four, four minutes, minutes and 30 out. seconds. Don't play oh, me the song like, unless it's more than four minutes. Like, you didn't even give me a hook. What is happening? Teaser. 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 I'm like, these used to be what we, these used to drop on LPs and it'd be like a minute 30 of the song. And then they drop the album yep. and you get the full song. Yep. Like, yep. Where is the structure? Yep. Anyways. Not with sales, but <laughs> Anyways. Apparently, apparently now we're A and R's. Apparently we should be. Like, I mean, you're you're in New York, so you, 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 can, tap in. you can tap in. Um, but y'all, the the my time in New York was so much fun. I'm so glad, Rebecca, that we got to actually like meet in person and hang out. Um, I cannot wait to come back there again. I don't know when I'm coming back, but I'll be there soon. Yeah, gotta get my life sure. together first, um, and, <laughs> and, yeah. and I will definitely be yeah. out there. But um, I think sometimes, like being able to meet people, like you said, that are in these spaces where we've kind of found our passions, and now we're in pursuit of them. Now we're like, how do we bring this to more people? What other ideas do we have? Um, it's a really yeah. nice space and a and a really nice community. Just a very um, I don't know. It just feels like love. It just feels like very much. Yeah. Like, oh, this is home. Like other people are in these creative spaces and everybody, nobody is like gatekeeping. Everybody's like, what are you using to record? 
what are you, you know, like asking the questions and like sharing ideas yeah. um, and sharing our goals too. Cause I know some people are like, don't tell anybody your goals, but I think it was a beautiful moment when we all kind of run around the table and we're like, Hey, we want to do this, yeah. you know, with our platform. My goal is like to do this with my products or, and I think to be yeah. able to share that with each other in that moment, it's just like, a, it's, it's powerful. It is. And just and, and to say that and then in turn have the people at the table say, like, how can we help mm -hmm. you do that? Like, oh, I know this or I know that or put you, or I suggest this or I suggest that. So and that's the thing about like having community around you like that, which is so important for like just overall physical, mental, emotional wellness, just having community, but really having community that like you feed into and they feed into you simultaneously. So it's just great to be a part of that. So I was really excited to get in front of those people, make those connections. Yes. And Hope, yeah, hopefully next time we come to New York, we'll do it again. Maybe to be a little bit bigger, but I actually like the intimate vibe of it. I do too. I feel like it was nice. Like, cause it was like what, six mm -hmm. of us total and or five yeah. of us total and like five. I feel like that was like intimate enough. And there's like, so there's still so much happening yes. in like five people at a table. So, so. okay. I can't wait to do it again. Um, maybe we'll do a couple different ones next time we're in New York, but mm -hmm. you will definitely, I mean, you always got, got the invite, girl. <laughs> Rebecca's got to be at all of them, and she's also going to facilitate, like, the after party, the day party, whatever we're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. people, this is where we're going with the Afro yes. house, so let's yes. go. Um, but I want to thank you so much for coming back on the pod. Um, like I mentioned, your last episode, a lot of it resonated with a lot of people and I wanted to really focus this time. I want to focus this conversation on somatic healing. Like, what is it? Are there different types and, and really talk about some techniques that people can take home and use, mm -hmm. um, just use by themselves in their own lives um, if they can't necessarily get in to see a practitioner. So let's do a quick recap, Rebecca. What is somatic healing? So somatic healing is just basically any modality or technique that you use that allows you to get out of your head and into your body, understanding your body, feeling the sensations of your body, being aware of your body. But simultaneously, the main focus is feeling safe while experiencing those sensations as opposed to feeling overwhelmed or anxious or feeling like you're hijacked, feeling like you don't have control. So it's reintegr reintegrating those sensations into your nervous system in a way where your nervous system doesn't feel like it needs to go into fight or flight. It can remain in like an, a steady, smooth operating system and position more yes. or less. And I wanna talk a little bit about the relation between somatic healing and trauma that can be stored in the body. Mm, yes, that is so, such a good point. And it's things that, they seem so simple when you say them out loud, but to take them into the traditional medical system or certain areas where you would look for help with these things such as trauma, uh, some of it is such a taboo, which is so interesting. But in regards to trauma, what does it do to your nervous system and how can somatic healing help with that? With trauma, your, your nervous system, you had an experience and you have different reactions from your nervous system. You have flight, you're taking off, 
You have fight, where you are fighting back for your life, or you have fawning, where you freeze. You literally freeze. So you have these three options when you are under a threat or your nervous system perceives you're under an attack. So say that's something like a car accident or like say it was a sexual assault or a, 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 a maybe not sexual, physical, emotional, verbal, these things. So you're gonna have a reaction in one of those three options. So depending on, not depending on, the earlier you have these experiences in your life, the more shaping your nervous system does to react in these ways. So when people say they're triggered and they have this automatic reaction that is seemingly uncontrollable by them, it's not actually that. It's just the way that your nervous system has wired itself for your survival over time. So it will either get you to freeze to survive, or it will get you to flee to survive, or it will get you to fight to survive. So this is getting embedded into your system and it's just becoming part of your natural reaction. But the thing is with trauma, we we experience these sensations because you can experience a, a, a trigger like that just from a car passing by, or you some, you, you get a little bit of road rage or someone gets a little bit of road rage with you on the road and like you have this reaction to defend yourself but the thing is it's when you can't come out of that where you're not your body is not able to recognize no we are no longer under a threat anymore we don't need to keep fighting or fleeing or fawning we can go back to you know homeostasis balance out and keep things going so but when it comes to trauma people lose that ability because they feel hijacked by the sensations of their body and they don't know what to do they get overwhelmed they start hyperventilating they start going into the spiraling thoughts and then they just feel like they can't trust their body. Like I, I am at the mercy of what my body does. And it, it becomes this, this like Jekyll and Hyde type of situation. People they get, they get very, um, very precautious, very antsy, very, I can't do this. I can't go that. I can't see this. I can't. And you just start to play so many limitations on your life. So when it comes to somatic healing, it's really about introducing those triggers to stimulate those sensations in lower doses so over time it is tolerable because you can't avoid stimulus you can't avoid stress life is stressful so you have to be able to to, to have optimal wellness and survival you have to be able to adapt to what is presented in front of you and somatic healing can be an avenue for people who have these devastating experiences to reclaim ownership and autonomy over their body so they no longer are at the mercy of it i know that was a super long winded but it answer, was a great answer I felt like, rebecca i'll take it, explain. I'll take it all <laughs> no I, I love that and you covered so many so many different aspects of trauma and somatic healing and i think that I just really, somatic healing always interests me because uh, as much as I talk about obviously mental health and the different uh, conversations that I've had on this podcast, it's not often that we talk about, <coughs> excuse me, how trauma is actually in the body. We talk a lot about, mm -hmm. I think a lot of my conversations are focused on the talk therapy piece of it, which I also think is very powerful. Mm -hmm. um, yes. But I think, you know, especially as somebody who 
also manages anxiety. Um, Mm -hmm. I understand like the fight, flight or freeze aspect of it. And the idea that your body is constantly reverting back to like this Mm -hmm. state that it doesn't actually need to be in because you're safe. You're, Mm -hmm. you're okay in this moment, but it's the connection of like, what is in your body and how can we start to maneuver that? Um, outside Mm -hmm. of like, okay, yes, we're talking things out from our brain. Like we're talking through past traumas or we're talking through Mm -hmm. new techniques, that new brain paths that I can take in life. Mm -hmm. But then we've got like Mm -hmm. the neck down, like where, what else is going on in the body? Yes. Yes. Because you can, anyone can rationalize their erratic thoughts. You can rationalize a reason as to why it's okay to feel this way, to think this way, to look this way, to whatever it is this way. But when it comes to somatic healing, many of the times, and like the people that I've worked with in this realm, they really begin to realize that there's no truth behind the validation that they give themselves as to why it's, I'm just like, one of my clients I was having a, a conversation with it. She used to use this identifier of I'm just I'm just this way. My mother wired me this way. This is just who I am. And I'm like, you you wearing this like a badge of honor. How is this even serving you? Like, where is it actually? How is it helping you from having the badge of honor of I'm just an anxious person? How is that influencing your decision-making? What's the quality of your relationships behind that? What's the quality of the relationship that you have with yourself? Being that you look at yourself in almost a a, a, a low vibrational way. Like you're looking at yourself as less than as opposed to like, no, I'm a whole human being. And you're always like, well, I'm just an anxious person. So this is just who I am. And this is just who I am. And it's just yeah. like... If a, heroin, if a heroin addict was like, well, this is just who I am, we'd be like, no, 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 no. We can fix yeah. this. But with this, and it's interesting how in society it's just, I, it is okay to acknowledge and become aware that how widespread anxiety is. But I feel like it is a disservice to kind of make it a norm that people are just, oh, we're just anxious and that's just, that's just it. That's just it. Or like, you know, it, it, like we throw our hands up, like it's fine. Like let's ease back a little bit as opposed to really educating the person. What does that mean? And what are the tools that you can use to get you out of your head and into your body? Because when people are anxious, they're living in their mm. head. Yeah. They're not living in their body. Like whenever you've had an anxiety attack, are you like, oh my goodness, my left hand is going yeah. crazy right now. Yeah. Like, no, your mind and is And interestingly spiraling. enough, it's usually getting, well, for me, getting into my body and becoming more aware of my body is what helps mm-hmm. me either get out of the anxiety Correct. attack or to like, okay, Correct. my anxiety is going crazy. I don't know why, but let me go outside and count five things that are green and, you know, Correct. getting into your body. And it's so interesting that um, I think, I feel like we've had, we've had a, quite a few conversations at this point and something that you always say is like, getting out of your head and into your body. And you've said it quite a mm-hmm. few times. Um, yeah. I want to actually get into our body now and talk about what are some like at home techniques? Cause obviously you are a somatic healer, which means that you have people that you work with um, and you're, mm-hmm. you're facilitating that healing session. But for those people that are mm-hmm. listening and maybe they're not in New York, 
<laughs> maybe they haven't signed mm-hmm. up for the session with you. Can you go through a few techniques that people could use either at home or at work um, as far as like, like self somatic techniques? Yes, absolutely. So before I get into tech, the techniques, I just want to touch on one thing because something you said was super important of when you said you look around and you're like, count five things that are green. You just created a sensory input into your brain. And that's what somatic healing is about. You create more sensory input. So it helps with the output that is giving because you're creating neuroplasticity, you're expanding your brain, you're expanding its capacity. So when it comes to, and it's all based on awareness, you're just aware of the colors you're seeing. So if it, it, that's that's one thing you can go you can go out literally go out for a walk and use your senses use your eyes use your nose use your ears use your fingers stimulate your senses what does this blade of grass feel like touch it is it wet is it smooth is it jagged is it hard really be childlike in your investigation of things because children, they'll be like, I'm counting the green things. Now, why are they green? Why aren't they purple? Where are the purple things now? Now we need purple things. What does it feel like? Oh, this feels interesting. I don't, this is felty. So having childlike exploration in the stimulation of your senses, what you see visually, the colors that you see, what you hear, the layers of sounds that you hear, the wind, the cars, the birds, the people talking, the gravity on the ground, what you feel in your hands, what you smell through your nose. Do you smell food? Do you smell air? Do you smell grass? Do you smell pollution? Just stimulating your senses. So that's one great way to do it. So if someone were having a moment or anxious moment or a panic attack, really going outside and going through the senses one by one. And I would suggest one by one because you have to know your dose in a sense because too much sensory information could also be overwhelming to the system so that might be the last thing that i do that might be the last thing what i do that when someone is a little more integrated when someone has practiced this a little bit more but some things that i would suggest to start off with is one how are you breathing what is happening with that breath control what parts of and, and just really being intentional and aware of what parts of your body are moving while you are creating this breath is it your chest is it your belly is it your ribs is it your back is it one of the above is it none of the mm. above what is happening with your breath and just really being aware and once you tap into that it allows you to make adjustments and realize oh wow i'm really just breathing with my neck yes. and nothing yes. else nothing else on me is breathing it's my neck that is breathing. And then people are like, wow, it makes sense why my neck is bothering me 24 yes. seven because your neck is breathing for you because essentially all those parts and pieces that I mentioned with every single breath that you take, all of those parts and pieces are supposed to move on every inhale. And I, I didn't mention your pelvic floor and your diaphragm as well, but those are other parts and pieces. Every breath, every inhale and exhale, all those parts are supposed to move. And if they don't move, it redistributes how pressure is distributed in your core and in your abdomen and throughout your body. And that can throw things off. That could throw off your awareness. That could throw off the quality of the sensory information that is taken in from the outside into your body. So breath is primary and number one. Becoming aware of the quality of your breath, 
how deep your breaths are, how many breaths you are taking. Is it fast? Is it slow? And then once you become aware, being intentional. What I like to have people do is just simply put one hand on your chest, put one hand on your belly, close your eyes, and first just become aware of what's happening. Taking maybe like five to eight breaths of awareness and then five to eight breaths of intentionality. Trying to allow both hands to rise and with every inhale and fall with every exhale just to create a little more even distribution of that breath. And that can take people out of a an anxious moment really quickly. Even myself. Yeah. Rebecca, can you can you actually walk us through that? Yeah, so um so everyone could close their eyes right now. So you can close your eyes. And then I just want you to put one hand on your chest and then put one hand on your belly and just start breathing. You're not fixing anything. So just take maybe five breaths, just noticing what is happening. And you might feel and notice movement elsewhere other than where your hands are, but just notice where you're feeling that. Maybe take like three more breaths, taking an awareness as to what's happening in your body. And then after those last breaths, maybe being a little more intentional, as you inhale, you inhale into both hands simultaneously, feeling them rise as you inhale. And then as you exhale, you try to retract the air from both hands simultaneously. So you feel them falling into your body. And you're just being intentional for the next couple of breaths like that. Air is rising into both hands as you inhale, and the air is releasing and falling from each hand as you exhale. Just do that maybe three more times, just noticing what that feels like. If it feels like work, if it feels like you're working for it, less is always more. Don't force it. Just allow it to be an awareness point as to where you're at and maybe something to practice a little bit more. Nice. Ashley's here breathing, y'all. So give her a second. I hope y'all are doing it too. Y'all better not leave me by myself during that. (laughs) (laughs) No, that feels great. And even just, I needed that. I need that. I needed that. Um, But also, I, so I love that you mentioned being aware of your breath. I think that breathing when it comes to specifically anxiety, um, but then I think of like the wider healing aspect, breathing is, I always say we don't talk about breathing enough. And I love that you mentioned like, okay, is it just in your neck? Is it just like, are you actually getting down? Are we getting air to our belly? Are Mm -hmm, we getting air to our mm -hmm. chest? And that's one thing that when when my anxiety is high, one, one sign that I know it's like, I'm only breathing in my chest. And I'm like, yep. and it's quick. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. can tell, like, especially when I'm sitting at work, sitting down at work and like my anxiety just spikes. I can really yeah. tell when I'm like, okay, where is your breath? Don't change it now, but where is your breath? Are, are you getting mm-hmm. anything down into the diaphragm? Are you getting anything into your belly? Yeah. And nine times out of 10, yeah. it's a no. And it just takes a mm-hmm. few big deep breaths without like being mm-hmm. on your phone i mean y'all can listen to the podcast while you're breathing but <laughs> you can listen to rebecca you know walking you through it but really just like uh focusing on your breath and focusing and like giving your body the attention and like where is my breath living and for any of you guys that may maybe feeling like heightened anxiety i would 
I would implore you to try just tapping in once a day. Just try to like mentally have like a little checklist. Yeah. Like, have I checked on my breathing today? Okay. Yes. How yes. deep am I getting? That's literally, that's literally what I recommend to all of my clients at least once a day, just checking in, but also realizing that that is a tool in your toolbox to use when you are having an anxious moment or even when your body is in pain. Mm. That is a, because when you're in pain, you're also fight or flight. What do I need to do? How can I fix this? What's happening? Like, you know, it's like all hell is breaking loose. All the fire alarms are going off. So breath, it's like, it's, it's an ancient, it's an ancient medicine. It's in Chinese medicine. It's considered the life force. It's considered the chi. It is, it is the thing because your body cannot survive without air, without oxygen, like you start losing your brain capacity and start going brain dead after six minutes of decreased oxygen to your brain. Like now you are in the area of being brain dead. The body can still survive a bit longer without that because there's still some oxygen left in the blood that is circulating around. But once that's done, there's a lot of the processes in your body that can no longer happen simply because of the lack of the presence of oxygen. That's why people, like once they pass away and their body goes into that rigor mortis and they get super stiff and, and there's no oxygen circulating in the body anymore. So certain processes that keep you alive, keep your metabolism going, they just don't happen anymore because of the lack of that oxygen. And there's a lot of research that I've like dabbled into. I'm not gonna say I'm an expert at it or anything. I'm just here and there research uh, looking and reading, just saying the correlation of uh, poor breathing mechanics and the correlation of it to diseases, metabolic diseases, such as like Alzheimer's, cancer, um, diabetes, things of that nature. And people who have reverse breathing patterns, like how you mentioned breathing all in your chest, that's a reverse breathing pattern. So having that and just what it does to you over time and how it manifests into more intense and bigger issues and Maybe if we had more of an intervention, like imagine if you had breathing one-on-one -on -one in, in health class yes. and really learned how to breathe in health class and what would that do for you long-term? Yes, imagine you know? if we had just like kindergartners having like a minute, one minute a day of just like, okay, guys, we're going to sit down, cross your legs, lay down, yep, and we're going to just breathe in and like getting that sensory like, uh, you know, hand on chest, input, hand on belly. Yes. Okay. That's a deep breath that, that I think that would be a game changer. There was, there was, um, so I used to, I used to coach, I played basketball a long time ago. Um, when I lived in Miami, I coached some, I was volunteer coaching for some younger kids. They're like six, seven and eight, I think. Um, mm -hmm. I was coaching in Broward and, um, the group, the group of kids that were in this program, um, you know, I had a couple of kids in my group that had their parents and their family were like very open with the, some of the struggles they had at home. I had one child that was a foster child and hit a very tumultuous life at only seven at that point. And coincidentally, he, he liked to fight. I don't know if he liked to fight. Mm. Let me not say that. 
he resorted to fighting often. He's wired. He's wired to fight. And I, granted, I am not like a child psychologist or anything. Um, mm -hmm. But I think with, with basketball, there's, and sports in general, there's this like, okay, you have to remember like, who are you coaching? What's the best way to connect? What does this kid need in this moment? And yes, I remember it had been like maybe the first couple Saturdays of um, us, you know, doing these like two, three hour practices, like hang out, not hang out, but you know, they drop the kids off and teach them basketball skills, okay. play a couple games. And he loved playing, but he, mm. anything, anything would set him off. And so like, of course, the first week I first meet him, I don't know what's going on. This He's just like popping off every two seconds. And so, mm. you know, I try the traditional basketball route of like, okay, well now you have to like run a lap or like you got to sit down. You can't. And I realized like maybe the second or third time was like, okay, I'm going to pull him aside because he's getting overwhelmed and I can see him doing what I do in like anxiety attack, which is like, <laughs> like, but he's doing it multiple times. So I can only imagine his nervous system at the time is just off the rails at that point. Um, yeah. So I pulled him aside maybe the second or third time. And I was like, okay. I had the other kids in a drill. And I said, okay, we're just going to breathe. And I want you to breathe in as big as you can. I want you to hold it. And I think I gave him like a, like, I was like five seconds, five seconds, five seconds. And breathe out. And I mm -hmm. said, okay, when you get... When you feel like you're getting frustrated or you feel like you, you know, you can't control your emotions. I want you to just take a step aside and just breathe. Mm -hmm. Close your eyes. And it didn't, it wasn't automatic. I had to pull him aside like a few times. And I think it was maybe week, I don't know what week it was, maybe six or seven where, okay, now we finally start playing like the real games. They have jerseys, you know, we're playing against some of the other teams. Mm -hmm. And I remember one time he like, got up off the bench and like stood by the door and closed his eyes and he was breathing. And I was like, I'm about to cry. <laughs> I was just like, Oh my gosh. He's like using it. And like, I can, I feel like in this moment for his life, like I can only do so much. Like there is so much that he has ahead of him. I hope that he's like doing well now, but I was just like, okay, if I can at least plant this little tiny seed that you can take with you, maybe it will help. And like, seeing him close his yeah. eyes, walk away. I was just like, okay, it, it worked. It landed. Like it's, it's in there now he's got it. It might take him like to be reminded that it's there. Like this tool that you have is there, your breath, you can use this to help you. But I just can imagine yeah. like, what if we made that standard when it came to like working with children so that when you're 25 and going through like your first panic attack or anxiety attack, yep. you have this yep. like thing, like everybody knows how to do jumping jacks. Well, everybody should know how to like take a, take a deep breath and listen to their breathing. Correct. And it's, it's, and that's the thing about somatic healing. It's about giving people tools for their toolbox. You have to give people tools because if they don't have those tools, then they feel like they're in that state of being at the mercy of their body as opposed to being in control of their body, understanding their body, understanding the sensations, the symptoms that are being presented and realize it's information for them to navigate that. 
So in conjunction with the breathing, a secondary thing that I love to have people do is a body scan, specifically when they are in an anxious moment. So I, I, I run uh, mindset groups with women uh, because self-care is a mindset, I realized. It is a mindset. It's not just something to implement, especially with um, people of color, black people. We, we, we see it a lot as a luxury when we really need to realize it's actually self-care is health care. So we need to, so cultivating that mindset. So I run these women's groups to help them cultivate that mindset. And part of the reason as to why we have, uh, and we feel these ways about self-care is because of how we grew up, what we've been inundated with. So, you know, going through those experiences with them and having them talk about it and emotions come up, things come up from the past, they get overwhelmed. And in the moment, they're literally being triggered into the moment as if it's happening right then and right there in that moment. And I just tell them to slow down. Let's tap into your breathing and look in your body. Where do you feel any tension, any tightness, any tingling, any anything like that in your body? Because your body keeps score. So you better know where you're keeping score at. So taking a body scan and being aware, like either starting from the head down or the feet up and going section by section, your toes, your ankles, up your legs to your knees, your thighs, your hips, your spine, your stomach, your back, your shoulders, your arms, your elbows, your hands, your neck, your head. Where do you feel what? Because people who practice awareness within their bodies, they, they are able to verbally say, I feel tightness in my chest, or I feel pulling in my left hip. And these areas of the body where you feel these sensation or these symptoms, different areas of your body correlate with different ways that you have processed emotions, whether that is from childhood traumas or a current day trauma or uh, worrying about your finances or thinking about the future or being hung up on the past, like those things store in different areas of your body. So the more that you get out of your head, get into your breath, then get into your body and notice where, what is happening, you literally have now created a rubric for regaining control of your body because now you're aware and you know what's happening as opposed to you experience a trigger or a sensation and now it's like all hell is breaking loose versus let me take a step back and lead with that childlike curiosity and something you said about that kid that was super important that i don't want to glaze over is the aspect of play and how, as human beings, we're supposed to be creative. We are supposed to play, and when we lose that, when we don't do that, and as adults, you know, we get older, we gotta get a job, we got all these bills, we got all these responsibilities and things like that. So we lose, play has to be literally integrated, and play sometimes is a luxury for us. Maybe we'll go and take a class, like take a pole class yeah. with our girlfriends, or we'll go out to brunch, or maybe we'll do a sip and yeah. pain, or something it's like that. It's interesting because there's a cost associated with it. It's that's a that's the thing I'm I am trying to get through nowadays is like how can I play in a way that mm -hmm. I don't feel like I have to pay for this exchange like how can I do that because I love a brunch clearly um, I love yes. going to pole I love like doing going to hot yoga I love going to like do mm -hmm. a hit mm -hmm. class 
and all those things, if you're not doing on on YouTube, like sometimes I do, they have a cost associated mm-hmm. with it. But especially like even like a sip and paint, trying to get together with your friends, it's it can yeah. be challenging sometimes to try to find a space that is accessible for everybody, but also like it doesn't necessarily have to be this like we're going to sign up for this event at eight o'clock to go here. Like sometimes it's just nice to just like be with each other. And I don't know, like paints, like drawn coloring books. I don't know. (laughs) One of my favorite things, honestly, is dance because dance is a direct dance and singing the direct stimulations to your nerve to your nervous system specifically your vagus nerve which controls your fight or flight reaction in your body and the parasympathetic onset of things um but it also which is more important actually it controls your inflammation response in your body and the thing about the vagus nerve it's like the more stimulus to it the better because it's made of made up of about 80% of it is for sensory information, for taking in information to make the output of it, what it puts out, how it directs the body better. So one of the simplest things, after you've breathed, tap into your breathing, after you've taken your body scan and you've noticed where you feel the tightness and the tension, you now have all this awareness, what do you do with it? You release it, sing it out dance it out it is proven that you cannot be upset or depressed while twerking really so if you can't try it mid 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 anxiety attack next time throw on your favorite twerking song and try it for and 30 it seconds see for 30 you, seconds see if you are even able to one you're gonna laugh because you're gonna be like this is so ridiculous <laughs> this is so ridiculous but that right there broke you out of it broke you right there. So now, and then you go and like throw it around for a yeah. little bit. Like, then it's like, okay, now, now now you're stimulated. You tap into your breathing. Now you know what's happening in your body. And now you've literally like shaken it out of you or sung it out of you. You vibrated it out of your body in a particular way. You have set yourself up for so much success from doing that. And it's another tool in the toolbox. And then when you get a little more intricate and you're like, I like specifically this type of music or specifically that type of music or for different moods or different triggers or different settings, like you can create a whole arsenal for, for what it is that you want. But it's really just about tapping in, getting out of your head and getting into your body because we just talked about three different ways that you're using your body and intentionally getting into your body as opposed to living in the mental spiral of whatever it is you're triggered on and now you're saying you're not good enough, you're not worthy, you're not this, you're not that, they're this, I'm not that, whatever it is. Oh, I am so twerking is healing. That's what I got. (laughs) Twerking is healing. No, twerking, healing, or any type of dance. It don't have to be twerking. It's my preferred method. Yeah, I was gonna method, say I'm. It's my preferred method. Bringing the ankles, baby. <laughs> no, you know what's so funny? I was thinking about it this a while ago. I saw like a video, and I think it was like girls on a girls trip. It was like a some like Instagram reel or something, and they were just like having so much fun in the comment section. As usual, it's horrendous, which I need to stay out of the comment sections. I really like them. But some sometimes I'm just like, yo, we're just having fun. Like, this is 
hanging out with your friends and dancing like us going to descendants like it's therapeutic therapeutic. it's it's therapeutic regardless of like if you're throwing it in a circle if you're just dancing if you're just letting your body do whatever you want to do which is another reason why i like house because I, you know, yes. we grew up with like Soldier Boy Town. Like, you, you know, you got the court, and yeah. now the choreography is like, mm-hmm. it's to a whole other level. Oh, oh, it's a whole other level. <laughs> I'm a dancer, but y'all, y'all got the light yeah, going on a whole other level. On TikTok. But ready. Um, ready. it's so nice to like just do whatever your body feels. And I think that's why I fell in love with like EDM when I was younger in my 20s yes. and then I kind of like found Thank house but now like I found deep house and afro house and I'm a piano and like I'm, I'm discovering these things and I loved I went to EDC I've been a few times but the first time I went was like honestly the first time I was around I was like at a party where mm. it wasn't I mean I've been to I had been to clubs and stuff before but most of like my it's party not- scene it was other black people and so yeah. Yeah, you know we could be hard on each other. You can't just really go go into like a party and oh, do whatever cuz people are like, "Yo, are you good? Yeah. Like, what, what is this?" Exactly. Um, <laughs> but it was very freeing my first time going to EDC because I was like, "Oh, people are really out here just dancing however they want to dance and nobody cares." Yeah. And yes. I was like, "I can just move it's- my body in weird ways and like nobody's going to say anything and legit nobody cares." Yes, yes, it's so true. And like, I I went to my first EDC over 10 years ago. And I was like, and I was into EDM too. I was like, Oh, my goodness, my vibe is so cool. The yes, beats, the drops. And <laughs> yes. And like, and then when I had finally, um, when I discovered Descendants last year, I was like, because it's similar to how you said, like going to like, um, like a hip hop club or anything like that the way that you dance at Descendants, you can't dance it. Like at the club, you just, you know, backing it up on somebody mostly. Backing it up or dropping it like it's hot. Those are your two (laughs) options. But when you go to like a Descendants or EDC or EDM, whatever, it's, you are, and I love it because it's, your body is just reacting to the music. And you're just flowing with it. And like, that's why I love it because my body is just reacting to the music and there's so many beats and there's so many sounds yes. and it's just there's just a plethora of sensory information for my body to take and interpret and then in turn create movement mm-hmm. with so it's it's super cool super important so dance so breathe body scan breathe, dance body scan dance that's, that's what you got to get if you if you don't get anything <laughs> out of this episode breathe Body scan, <laughs> dance, and go to a Descendants party yeah. in New York. That's pretty much it. Period. They're, they're also in Amsterdam as well. Oh. So if you're in Amsterdam, pop out. Or maybe we all need to take a trip Don't to Amsterdam. Don't tempt me because I'm down. I'm down. Girl, 2024? ready. Listen, we'll do a girl's trip to Descendants like in Amsterdam. This. Oh, okay. my God. We're going to continue the conversation because I like that. <laughs> <laughs> But thank you so much, Rebecca. This is, as always, I love conversations with you. I'm super thankful that you've come back to the podcast. Um, I'm going to think of another topic to bring you back, another excuse to get you back on the podcast. (laughs) I love talking. Yes, and I I love talking too, and I love listening. So this is great. (laughs) This is all worked out. Yeah. (laughs) But um, 
Thank you for having me. It's always a good time and creating a platform to have these conversations or really educate our people more on the options that they have for themselves, especially when they might feel like they've run out of options. That's really important. So I'm happy to be a part of this. So thank you for yes, having me. Yes, of course. Again. Of course. Thank you so much. Um, Rebecca, tell the people, like for the people that are listening, they're like, I need to work with Rebecca now. Where can they sign up? Are you taking new new people? Like where can they sign up and, and connect with you? So you can connect with me a couple of different ways. One is through Instagram. My Instagram is Bend with Rebecca, B-E-N-D with Rebecca, uh, all one word. So that's one way you can connect with me. Another way is through my website, trustyourbody.com. I am taking new clients right now. We are expanding more into uh, sound healing and integrating that with body work. And that has been, the feedback has been quite incredible. So if that's something you're into, whether that is virtual or in person, definitely hit me up. We could chat about that and just get you out of your head and back into your body, beloved. So would love to help yes. you with that. Out of your head and back into your body. I love that. Mm -hmm. Thank you again, Rebecca. Thank you to everybody that's listening. Um, if you're on Spotify, like, let me know what you thought about the episode. Um, did I miss any questions? Like, is there something you wish that I would have asked Rebecca in this moment, in this episode? Let me know. And um, yeah, thank you to everybody. Make sure y'all are following Black Girls Have Anxiety too on all the things, threads, Instagram, uh, TikTok, all the things. If you're interested and you want to be on an episode and share your own mental journey, share about your own mental health journey, um, Black Girls Have Anxiety 2 at gmail.com is where you can find me. Um, let's connect. And um, all of Rebecca's uh, links, all that good stuff will be in the description. Um, and yeah, thank you guys. I'm going to go breathe, body scan, and twerk <laughs> um, after this episode. <laughs> all right, y'all. I will see you on the flip side. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Black Girls Have Anxiety 2. No matter where you are in the world, I really appreciate your support. See you again on the next episode, but until then, follow us on Instagram at Black Girls Have Anxiety 2 and on Twitter at Anxious Black Girls. That's Anxious BLK Girls. And remember, just because you're struggling doesn't mean you have to struggle in silence. The more we talk about it, the more we heal.